And now, for your listening pleasure in high fidelity, stereo sound is the Hilltop Hoods with some words for the wise. <laughs> fucking, does anyone remember that song? What a fucking tune. Um, what's up? It's Aiden Taco Jones here. It's not the Hilltop Hoods. I'm sorry, they're in next week. This is me. You listen to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 2nd of October, 2018. I'm in fucking Sydney Airport is where I'm at. Uh, I found a little spot to record before, and it was like next to a kind of, um, where was I? I was like on the carpet next to a lift, and I just, I can't record and have people hearing what I'm doing, you know what I mean? It's weird, I don't care, I, I mean, I don't care about other people's opinions, but like, I just don't want them to know, you know? I don't think it's good for other people to have the opportunity to judge me because it's bad for them and their souls so if anything me doing this in private is a way for me to help people cool cool (laughs) got my tea i fucking went to record the pod and i was like dude i can't do this without a tea so i got a tea from mcdonald's the other i mean airport prices we all know it's inflated but tea is literally a bag of leaves and some water uh, 420 was the smallest tea at the other places, like the fucking cafes. Macca's, 320. McDonald's, you're doing something right. And they even had like, uh, what are they, like triangle tea bags? Because there's the normal square ones, and then there are the triangly ones that are made from like a mesh rather than that paper shit, you know? And the McDonald's tea bag had the fucking mesh one. So fair play to them. Got my tea. Um, yeah, man, Sydney Airport. Oh, I just, uh, I just shout outs to, um, shout outs to my boy Pat Doherty, who <laughs> just sent me this message. Um, I stayed at his place like, like last night in Sydney. I did uh, Coogee Bay Hotel, which is a fucking great gig, man. Um, for the second time, did it earlier in March, did it again, and um. Then I, the, the hotel that Blake and I were staying in was um, that kind of finished on the Monday because Blake's manager booked that and Blake flew out on the Monday so he wasn't going to book it for me because I'm not his boy. So um, so I needed a place to stay just for one night and I was doing Pat. Pat runs the Coogee Bay Hotel show so I was like, dude, can I crash with you that night? And uh, he put a picture of me up on the show like doing the show on his Instagram and Kyle Legacy who if you've been listening has uh, was I stayed with him in Liverpool a few weeks ago Kyle Legacy replied to his story and said uh, he stayed at my nan's place three weeks ago my granddad called him a Mexican FYI haha <laughs> Um, which, I mean, I'm giving him a lot of credit there, actually, because he said he's staying in my nan's three weeks ago. The guy can't even fucking smoke, can't even write, let alone speak fucking English, the scouse moron. And uh, (laughs) Pat screenshotted that and sent it to me on Facebook, and so I immediately threw Pat under the bus and posted an Instagram story that was like, glad to know uh, that Kyle was something about, like, thank you, Pat, for exposing Kyle Legacy's... uh, a problematic grandfather. You know, I think that's what we need to do. Old Liverpudlians have had their racism go unchecked for too long. Uh, we need to let people know that that area of the world, if anything, just burn it to the ground, you know. <laughs> Kyle's grandparents were so lovely. Thank you for having me stay there. Kyle, legacy. Um, man, Sydney. What's Sydney been like? I Dude, I was in this spot before. 
where I was going to record the pod. I just need to do it today, you know? Like, I, I, I've, I stayed um, at Pat's last night, and then he had to go to work, and I wasn't just going to sit there and not know anyone in the house, so I just got the fuck out and went to some cafes and shit today. Um, I'm so fucking broke, man. I have... $32, uh, I mean, until Thursday morning, which is okay. Uh, with tomorrow night, I've got a gig tomorrow night for, for 50 bucks. But, like, I just, so the, the, the Sky bus, or the bus from, I'm flying in at Avalon, not Tullamarine Airport in Melbourne, and Avalon's the one that's, like, halfway to fucking Geelong. Um, so if the bus from there is 30 bucks or more... <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally fucked. <laughs> I've got some money on an overseas bank account that I can use, but like, I, I don't want to. And I just, it's like, <laughs> I just, how am I at this fucking point when, when, uh, like a month ago, uh, literally a month ago, I put 1,600 pounds in a fucking bank account and I now have $30. <laughs> <laughs> and also, when I did that, I also had $2,000. So I've spent $5,000 in the last month. Oh, my God. <laughs> God damn it. That is that is a harrowing realisation. Jesus. What have I spent that money on? I've spent $2,000 on festival registrations... And, and then $3,000 on just bits, just things. <laughs> I have, and I have, this is what I want to talk about, actually. Fuck yeah. And then I'll talk, uh, um, I bought a pair of shoes in Edinburgh after the Fringe. Uh, they're Nike Janoskis, which is a classic Melbourne-style shoe. Like, all, when I moved to Melbourne, man, all the fucking, like, skate kids and whatever had on Nike Janoskis. They're a great shoe. They're a classic um, and I bought them at the start of September from a skate shop. They look sick, man. They're like kind of uh, tan suede, kind of like imagine Timberlands, you know? They're like that, but they're in the style of a skate shoe, but that kind of material on the top. And then the bottom is just like black rubber, black laces. They're fucking sick, all right? And um, after two weeks of wearing them, there was a hole appeared in the canvas just on the left shoe just above the little toe and then from there in the in the intervening two weeks between then and now the hole is stretched out so you can see my sock and then also behind it going back towards the back of the shoe all of the canvas is just like ripped so the shoe's like a month away from being fucked and this was 65 fucking pounds cunt and it's like it's literally on the tongue on the tag, on the tongue, on the top there, it has for daily use, Stefan Janoski. So it's like, these are skate shoes. They're meant to be fucking durable and shit. Um, I'm, I'm fucking gutted. And I messaged the Nike people to be like, oi man, fucking this shoe is broken. Let me, I'm, so if you've been listening to this pod for a bit or if you listen to some of the past ones, you know I sent, like, <laughs> what I'm known for is just a little bit of silly messages. I like to send silly messages. I'm <laughs> a bit of a joker. No, I sent some things to fucking, like, Colgate and they gave me free toothbrushes and then I sent a thing to Maxibon and they gave me 10 bucks of free Maxibon. So for this, I was like, all right, 
I'm going to send a thing to Nike. And I think the reason that it worked with the last two was because, like... Oh, wait. I wonder if you can hear that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear that, but there's an announcement happening over the PA, and it's really putting me off. Um, but also, if you're... Can you please make your way to... How the fuck can people ever hear that? Like, who is, A, paying attention to those announcements and, B, like, listening for their name? Like, uh, I wonder how what the rate of success for those announcements is. I mean, it must have some rate of success or else they wouldn't do them. But, like, how often do you hear those announcements and then the people are like... Has anyone, if any of you guys ever actually heard an announcement like that and realised it was you? Like, who are you that you're just sitting in the airport and then you hear that and you're like, oh, it's me! Oh, fuck! I'm like, like if you're in the airport and you're late for your flight, you hopefully know, or else you're actually fucking insane. And if you're that insane, then you're not going to be listening for the announcement. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, I'm just upset that that interrupted my podcast. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm pathetic. Um... This is the message that I wrote to Nike. So I think the reason it worked the other times is because, like, the audience for these messages is just whoever works in the marketing or complaints division of these companies, and surely they get a bunch of complaints of people going, well, my, shoes are, my shoes make me feel sad. And um, so if you just send them a silly thing, then that'll make them laugh, hopefully, and they'll like you more and they'll want to give you some free shit, right? So I was trying to make Nike laugh. Nike? <laughs> well, I mean, you'll see. Hello, Nike. First of all, I want to say that I love you. I'm not sure whether you're a man or a woman, gender fluid. To be honest, I don't much care. You are an inspiration. How one man slash woman slash fluid being can design, manufacture, distribute so many shoes to the world over so many years, over so many of years, fuck, I'm a good writer, and maintain the high standard throughout is simply incredible to me. It beggars belief. That is why when I found that the left shoe from my new pair of Nike Janoskis had developed a hole in the suede top above the little toe, or pinky as it is known to me and my fellows, I was not too shocked. If I'm honest, I can't believe it has taken this long. How many years have you toiled, Nike? How many sleepless nights and frantic days have you laboured, bent-backed over the furnace, creating footpiece after flawless footpiece, from the first Roman sandals to the clogs of the lands of nether, how to our modern rubber and nylon combinations, to everything in between? It has always been you. Nike, I tell you now, I know it has always been you. When I look up at the sky and know from the bottom, I know from the bottom of my soul and that's spelled with a special of a fuck. I'm reading this back. I actually fucking hate this. <laughs> when I look up at the sky, I know from the bottom of my soul that without your genderless form guiding us through this life, none of the none of us would be the people we are today. I want to thank you and let it. And yet it shames me to know that I wish still to ask more. One last grace, I beg of you, Nike. Fuck, I hate that. The frost whips on my pinky, lashes even now through the hole in my Nikes, uh, brought not two weeks ago from a store, surely a charlatan in Edinburgh, Scotland. I beg of you now, please send me a new pair or vouchers equivalent to the £65 required to buy some and I will do the rest. I will complete your work for you that you may have time to tend to others. Your loyal subject and hopeful future acquaintance, Aidan Taco Jones. So, look. 
<laughs> um, I sent that to them and uh, evidently they didn't love it because I didn't get a reply. Um, and then I sent them another one uh, that was a bit more straightforward and then I called them and uh, I just, basically I'm just bummed that I, I want my sneakers back. You know what? I hate this thread of today's podcast. I was expecting it to be like a bit more fun, but reading back what I wrote on the 19th of September at fucking 11 o'clock, I, you know what? I'm happy that they didn't reply. That didn't deserve a reply. It was poorly written and self-indul- self-indulgent. I'm just trying to get my fucking... I'm trying to get new sneakers. Because that, that is fucked, right? Two weeks. And there's a hole in the top of the thing. Two fucking weeks, man. 65 pounds. That's like 130 bucks. Mm, not good enough. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay? So I was sitting down here in fucking... In Sydney Airport. And I sat... Yeah, I had my little spot set up for where I was going to do the podcast, got my, my microphone and my, um, my laptop out, had my, had my tea down, had my bloody banana next to me just in case I get hungry. And, um, I was legit like ready to do it. And then some motherfucker who, if I'm honest, looked kind of like the same kind of person as me sat down like three meters away from me on the fucking carpet. And in my head, I was like, can't, there are seats 10 meters that way that all of the rest of the plebs are sitting in just because you've got a bucket hat and you look like you stay in hostels regularly doesn't mean that you're allowed to fucking come in here and take the spot that I have tacitly claimed for myself because I want to be away from the scum all right that's how I felt in my mind I just you know I didn't look at him but he had a thing of like Krispy Kreme donuts and he was like just sat down on the floor with the the low amount of shame that I associate with myself and I think I'm special for having. I really didn't like that he sat down there, man. I was about to record my podcast and I just, you can't do that when he's there. So I had to go leave and I'm sitting on fucking concrete floor right now because of that fucking shameless cunt who is the same as me. I wonder what percentage of people are prepared to sit on the floor rather than take a seat, you know? I just don't want to be next to some fat 50-year-old dude sleeping with his mouth open on the seats in the airport. I'd rather sit on the floor with my back against a wall, you know? I almost find it more comfortable on the floor. It's like... That should be telling of me, but I'm, I don't feel like it is. I like being on the floor. I like sitting on the floor. You can lean against the wall. You can spread out a bit. There's no armrests. You can lie down if you want. I love a floor lie down. I could sleep on the fucking floor anywhere, man. I'd, who was I talking to? I was talking to Blake the other day, and I was like, man, like, because his flight was at 10. My flight's at 10 tonight as well. What's the time now? It's like... 20 to 6 because I got my friend to drop me here and she had work and she was like you can drop you and that, that saved me 19 bucks or 17 bucks you know I was like yeah fuck yeah man drop me at the airport 5 hours early I'll fuck around um, and I was telling telling Blake that because his flight was yesterday at 10 as well I was like man just go to the airport and fucking have a nap or go you know fuck around on your phone read a book or whatever and he was just like I don't know man I can't sleep on the floor and it's like that's wild man I love sleeping on the floor I can- <laughs> I could sleep on any fucking floor. Give me a charger to plug my phone into and my bag that I can rest my head on and I could sleep on a bed of fucking nails, I reckon. The Jet Star lady's like giving me the eye. Maybe she wants to kiss. <laughs> Maybe she wants me to get off the floor. <laughs> Maybe she wants me to stop sitting on the floor like a fucking bum. Like, uh, who's that cunt in that airport movie, Terminal? 
<laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> That'd be real funny to be sitting on the floor, but like dressed like a bum and have people look at you and be like, is that guy stuck in the airport like that fucking movie? <laughs> just, have a, just go to the airport with a sign that says, help, I am stuck in the airport. <laughs> See how many people come up to you and ask you if you're okay. That'd be sick to do in a massive airport like fucking Abu Dhabi or, you know, Singapore or whatever. <laughs> and just suss out whether anyone would actually help you. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't have a passport. I don't know how to get home. Because <laughs> that's what homeless people sound like to me. Stop your fucking whinging. Get up off the floor and get a job, you bum. No, don't get a job. Don't get a job, man. Be free. Be free and fly, fly away like a dove. Are you technically homeless if you're stuck in an airport? Yes, is the answer to that question. <laughs> well, that was easy. Moving on. <laughs> um, oh, man, I've had fucking heaps of people... Um, messaging me about the shit that I said a few weeks ago about weed that I that, <laughs> that I think people who smoke weed are stupid um, I'm doubling down on it you are dumb you're all fucking dumb if you're high now you're dumb <laughs> I want to say that to, to fucking Max who is almost definitely listening to this on the way to work while high now laughing on the train they're behind you Max they're right behind you <laughs> um, what else man I read uh, I wanted to talk about this book that I read um, Zytoon by Dave Eggers dude I didn't talk about that already did I I don't believe that I did that book um, so it's about this, uh, where are we? Did I write about it? No. It's about this, um, so this guy called Zaitun, called Abdul Rahman Zaitun, is like Syrian, but he's not like a refugee or anything. He like, that's a fucked assumption that I have, isn't it? That I just think Syrian has to be followed by the word refugee. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's actually brutal. Just because that's not an established stereotype, I don't feel so bad about saying it. Like, imagine if I said something about, you know, like fucking just because they're black doesn't mean they're not, a, doesn't mean they're a criminal. All right, guys. So get that out of your heads. It's like that's kind of the same assumption that I'm putting here. Just because he's Syrian, like he's Syrian, but he's not a refugee is just as brutal as an assumption, but I don't feel bad about making it just because that's not like, I don't know, just because there's no like Syrian groups out there fighting against the assumption that all Syrian people are refugees. Anyway, who fucking cares about this shit? PC fucking bullshit gone mad. Um, the Syrian, the, the um, yeah, this Syrian guy had lived in he's like in his you know 40s or 50s had lived in america for 10 years lived an amazing life and uh owned like a painting and just like construction company in um in florida in new orleans when katrina hit and uh he stayed behind his wife and kids left the city but he stayed behind because they owned a bunch of properties and he wanted to make sure they were all cool during the flood and uh or during the hurricane and then it flooded and he had a canoe so he started going around the city and like helping people you know like 
rescued some people who were stuck in their homes and then rescued some animals and he was there for like a week or so and then um, the uh, it was like starting to quieten down and the city still was like completely fucked but there were diseases spreading and then uh, just as he was thinking about leaving and going and meeting his family in, in like you know uh, like hundreds of k's away where they'd fled to um, he was abducted by some government forces and kept in a uh kept in a fucking, uh, like, a prison with no charge, no trial for, I think it was, like, two weeks or a few weeks or something, um, and then just unceremoniously released and no um, compensation was paid to him by the government, basically because they thought he was a terrorist. Um, and it's like... So this book is by Dave Eggers, and he's lived uh, or, like, been around this family and interviewed them really kind of intensely over a period of three years um, and then tells the story in like a like a narrative non-fiction format uh, it's a fucking amazing book man if you have, if, if you don't know Dave Eggers the guy is incredible his um, <laughs> his fucking uh, like uh, what's the word debut his first book was a memoir called A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius, which is so fucking dope. <laughs> That's the greatest title. Um, and it's all about how his parents died of cancer a month apart from each other when he was 21. And his older sister was 23 and his younger brother was 10. And so him and his sister basically raised his 10-year-old brother by themselves when they were in their early 20s. That's an amazing book. Dave Eggers, phenomenal writer. And that Zytoon, like, I mean, yeah, fucking read it, man. Uh, for the first half, it's just explaining the situation and going through his life, but you get a real idea of the life that this dude lived and the partnership that he has with his wife, Kathy. And uh, then towards the second half, when everything goes down, you're just like, it's infuriating, man. It's crazy. This fucking guy who really just lived the American dream and was trying to do good by people and protect his family and his livelihood and his community that he cared about was villainized by a government that didn't really care about him or know about him and uh, and had a, like something that didn't quite ruin his life but like could have like shook his fucking foundations of his and his family's lives to the core and uh, I, yeah it by the sounds of it his wife has PTSD from the experience and um, Eggers fucking captures the shit out of that story man it was amazing. Um, what else? Music this week. Oh, man. I wanted to talk about... Uh, I've never even fucking had uh, an, uh, talked about an Anderson, uh, Anderson Pack song on this podcast before, which is crazy because I love Anderson Pack with his grills and his fucking goofy-ass smile. Um, that song, Celebrate, I don't know if you guys know it. It is off Malibu. Um, I just was listening to that today, and it's like, it's like my go-to. It's like... Um, I don't know, that song Hey Ya by the Black Eyed Peas, Hey Ya, whatever. I remember when that song came second in the Hottest 100, on Triple J's Hottest 100, and whoever was announcing that year, they said, this next song, if you don't like this song, you don't like music. Or maybe they were quoting someone who had said that, but the point was, it was like, if you don't like this song, you don't like music. And, uh, I mean, that's what like hey ya is like and that's kind of for me what celebrate is like as well it's just a fucking good positive song it's almost like the piano behind it is kind of in the style of like uh old you know like um like african-american churches you know that like church music like ch- praise like 
high energy shit but it's like a taken it's like soulful you know like that soulful kind of crunchy chords of a piano but it's taken back in energy so it's just a in like a hip-hop kind of beat you know like it's not fast-paced and like you don't get caught up in it in the rush like you would in those african-american churches it's a bit more laid back in a hip-hop style um but it's yeah man it's just my fucking happy time music um I actually thought about that today when I was thinking about this song, and it was like that idea. You don't, if you don't like this, you don't like music. Who wouldn't like Hey Ya? And I feel like the people who wouldn't like Hey Ya are like really serious metalheads because they only get into. It. But then, like, if you're like that, like what I'm saying is, I used to know this dude called Perkins, and he was like a real serious, like you know, fucking black metal man, and would like almost revel in the pretension of it right like he loved that metal is so pretentious and like sees itself as better than all other musical styles and i reckon he would hate a song like hey ya just on principle to be ironic you know and and then if it's like that if you hate the song hey ya to be ironic then you almost don't like music i would argue because they would go well i like black metal but i don't like that fucking music it's shit but if you if you like music because it's cool to like it because no one else likes it, then you don't even really like fucking music. You just like being cool because you're a cunt. To be fair, Perkins probably would love Hey Ya because he actually wasn't a cunt. He was pretentious, but he would go back the other way and be like, nah, Britney Spears is dope, man. She's fucking cool because that's like doubly ironic to like Britney Spears. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and someone <laughs> someone recently said to me like uh, I was they were being ironic and I was like what are you even are you being like sarcastic and they were like I don't even fucking know and I was like you know that's a Simpsons quote yeah are you being here comes that cannonball guy <laughs> he's cool are you being sarcastic dude I don't even know anymore and I said that to the person who said the same thing to me and uh they hadn't seen The Simpsons, and so I never spoke to them again. <laughs> um, what's the last thing I was going to talk about? Thank you guys for listening to this podcast, by the way. I'm almost about to reach 2,000 downloads all time, which is pretty fucking sick. If you're listening, if you're one of the first people listening to this, chances are you're the 2,000th download. In fact, if you're listening to this when it's just come out so in australia around uh six seven p.m tuesday the second of october in uh the uk or europe around 9 a.m 10 a.m uh on the second of october message me and tell me when you listen to it and i'll figure out who was the 2000s download and if you're that person I will send you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll send you one of whatever the local currency is in wherever you are via bank transfer. <laughs> That's like my version of like the millionth download, you know. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> and. Um, even if you're listening later, man, I don't fucking know. I think Dave Eggers actually in that book, A Heartworking, Breaking Work of Staggering Genius. I think, I really hope that I'm, I really hope that I'm talking over these announcements because if I'm not, it'll be such a bummer if there's just fucking airport announcements through this whole podcast. Um, I think Dave Eggers in A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius had an offer 
in the start of the book, like the small print at the start of the book, like, you know, where it's just like the second page in a novel and there's like the acknowledgements and like like first run publication, blah, 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 second run, third run, whatever. And it's like all on one page, like Penguin Publishing House, blah, blah, blah. In his, it was like super long. And then there was like an offer for like, if you're one of the first people to buy this book, you can, it was something like you can send a copy to this address in the US and I'll send you like fucking something. I wish I could remember what it was, but Dave Eggers is a fucking badass man. And you know what? I'm exactly like him because I'm doing the same thing with my podcast. Me and Dave Eggers are exactly the same person. And I bet he doesn't smoke weed, you fucking pathetic losers. <laughs> um, I'll tell this story, man. My, um, I remembered this recently. My friend who I, uh, I had a drink with just before I left Melbourne told me this fucking wild story about... Um, this will probably only be relevant to Australian people, but I, I'll explain it. It's still pretty cool. Her dad in like New South Wales or Queensland or wherever she grew up at uh, her dad like was really into brewing this like ginger beer and uh, he just made like a real cool funky ass recipe for ginger beer that was like high in alcohol but didn't have that alcoholic like like the kick you know kind of sweet but not too sweet but just like real tasty perfected it over a few years and was just loved brewing it and anytime there was like a you know one of his mates had a thing on or whatever he would bring a case round um, and it got to the point where people would chip in so they'd be like man can you like bring us a case and he'd be like yeah just if you pay for my materials so that it's not costing me to make it I'll bring a case round and um, you know that was going on for a few years and then it was something like a friend of his had a 50th or a 60th or whatever and was really into this ginger beer that he was brewing so he was like man if you can I'm going to whip around everyone who's coming to the party. Just, like, get them, let them know that you've got the best ginger beer. We're going to get everyone to chip in. Can you do a big batch and make, like, five cases for my party? So he did that. Everyone who came to the party loved it. It was a hit. And then the next week, he gets a call from some guy who's, like, contacted his mate, said, who brewed that fucking ginger beer, and got through him from the mate, got his number, and was like, I want to make you an offer for the um, the recipe of this ginger beer because it's amazing. I love it. Um, and I represent, like, a, a pretty big um, alcohol firm in Australia. We'll offer you... I can't remember what the figure was, but it, it was something, like, huge personally, but not big in terms of a company, like, let's say $50,000, right? And the dad's like, man, that's very lovely, and, you know, I appreciate it, and you can... I'll, you can buy some off me, but I'm not selling you the recipe because um, I just like brewing it. It's just something I do for fun. I don't really need any more money. I'm cool. And this guy was just like insistent. Like eventually, uh, they worked out that he could sell the recipe, but the guy drew up a contract so that this dude originally brewing it could still continue to brew it and do the same shit that he was doing with his mates because he wasn't really interested in money. He just wanted to be able to keep doing the thing that he liked, you know? So um, he sold the recipe to this guy. This is about like 10 years ago. Sold the recipe to this dude um, for this ginger beer that he was brewing. And uh, about a year later, little fat lamb hit the shelves in Australian supermarkets. How fucking wild is that? 
And if you don't know, if you're not from Australia, you don't know, Little Fat Lamb is some shit that's blown up in the last, like, three or four years. It's like a, a like, maybe 10, 12% alcohol content, but it's like, I think it's classed as a wine, but it's a cider, basically. Tastes like cider. There are all these different flavors. Uh, there's a ginger beer one. There's, like, fruity ones or whatever. It's, like, the big children's alcohol drink. Like, 15... Or oh, when I started drinking, it was, uh, it was Passion Pop, you know? That, like, real fruity wine, uh, like, kind of champagne thing. But now it's, like, Little Fat Lamb, and it comes in these big-ass fatty fucking bottles. It's, like... Uh, they're a liter or maybe one and a half liters or something, um, and just any any like park drinking session or house party, you know people are going to come with a little fat lamb. It is huge. I can't. I wonder whether that guy is kicking himself. He's probably not. He probably doesn't give a fuck. He probably doesn't care that there's an, like he's fine financially, so he doesn't need that. But man, he could have taken a stake in that sale. You know, surely you would if you sell a recipe for something. You just go take it down to ten thousand and give me a, a two percent stake in the fucking thing, just in case it blows up. Because that that brand would be worth millions now, easily, man. And what's two percent of a million? It's two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Is it? Is it? No, it's not. A thousand times a thousand. A two percent of a million. It, it's no. It's two thousand dollars. Wait. No, it's not. It's twenty thousand. Fuck, man! I used to be good at maths. Jesus Christ! It's twenty thousand dollars. You fucking moron, cunt. Twenty thousand dollars. That motherfucker missed out on probably a mil. That surely that's worth a hundred million dollars now. Little fat lamb. It's massive sales. Anyway, that's that story. I want to get one of those original things. I want to fuck my friend. I want to like hit her up and be like, "Do you reckon your dad would sell?" me like five bottles of the like his one that he still makes i want to try that man that'd be cool and then maybe next time next my next birthday if phil wants to do another podcast like he did for my birthday this year with beer tasting we can taste the original little fat lamb before it became little fat lamb fuck that'd be cool as shit anyway that's the podcast for this week guys thanks for listening uh rate and subscribe do all that shit tell some fucking people man if you like it thank you guys for downloading and if you're the if you're the the 2000th person if you reckon you might be um hit me up with the exact time that you downloaded it and uh and i'll send you one dollar or pound or rupee or i'm not sending you a bitcoin you can go fuck yourself (laughs) um other than that this has been aiden taco giant sitting under a tree peace